This is the Draft Prospect Review Podcast on Patriots.com Radio. Welcome to the NFL Draft. The Draft Prospect Review Podcast is your source for all the latest news and information on the NFL Draft. The New England Patriots like... Now, here to preview the defensive linemen, the writers of Patriots.com. Time once again for another Draft Podcast review here at Gillette Stadium. Mike Dussault, Evan Lazar, and me, Paul Perillo, Grandpa Paul. Uh, here to talk about some defensive linemen, and we will definitely spend some time on both the edge guys and the defensive tackles. And I'm going to start with the edge because I think, um, first of all, I'm the host and I get to decide these things. But more importantly, I think it's more of a position of need, and I think it's a pretty good class uh, you know, overall of the edge guys based on not my thoughts and observations, but uh, those of uh, – some of the guys uh, are, that do this for a living that I would respect, guys like Daniel Jeremiah, I think has been pretty outspoken about uh, the quality of the edge class. So I don't necessarily think it would be a first-round consideration, although there has been some news lately about that. But uh, this is definitely a spot where Matthew Judon, you know, sort of creeping into his 30s, Josh Uche coming off a career-high 11.5 sacks, but um, also entering a – a contract year, a free agent year. So I think this is something that the, the Patriots could be interested in. How do you guys see it? Yeah, I mean, not really an unknown quantity at this position for the Patriots, too. And I just I ask myself, what happens if Matthew Judon gets hurt? Like, if Matthew Judon gets hurt, it's like code red across the front of the defense. So I think it's a position to need, and uh, I've said this many times, and no matter how many times I jump into this position group, I just can't really seem to get a bead on who I like and who would fit. I don't know if it's their drafting of the last couple of years of taking guys like Uche, uh, you know, Anthony Jennings is more in the model. Like, I think Anthony Jennings, I'm like, yeah, that's a Patriots-type guy. Um, and so I'm still kind of gravitating towards those guys. I just don't know if they are. So I just I, – I feel like I don't have a good beat, and I think they're going to take one of these guys and be like, didn't even see it coming, and yeah, I already see it coming. That, that's actually – I feel exact same way because there's, like – I don't know. There, there's 15 guys that might go in the top 100 in this. It's a really good class, but all of them are very skill set specific, right? So just going off the first round to get into some of the names, Lucas Van Ness is a classic yep. power rusher. His nickname is Hercules. He's a speed to power bull rusher. But then you have a guy like sounds like a patriot to me, and sounds like Paul has no interest. <laughs> and then, it, and it, but then you have guys like a Nolan Smith who is three hundred, uh, two hundred and forty pounds, and is just a screamer off the edge with great athleticism. Yeah. They've gone both directions. To your point, they have an Anthony Jennings and they have a Josh Uche. So which one do they covet more at the top of the draft if they're going to take one of these guys in, let's say, the top 75 picks? Uh, who? Which direction are we going in? Are we going speedy and explosive and bendy, or are we going power? Because there's a little bit of it's a pick-your-flavor kind of draft amongst this edge group and not a lot in terms of consensus separating uh, basically the guys that are going to go 10 through 75, yeah. you could convince me that any of those guys could go 10 from 75. So you're really talking about uh, who do you like out of this group, which is tough. Mike, I mentioned that the Patriots have sort of been in the news a little bit, yeah. um, uh, you know, on the periphery um, with Tyree Wilson, um, kid out of Texas Tech, first round pick, top half of the first round, first round pick. And um, there were some reports that the Patriots have set to meet with him uh, your thoughts on, you know, maybe th that report first, do you think yeah. that might mean something more than just 
due diligence. No, I mean, I think it's it's good. We've talked about if other positions are taken at 14, you know, a guy like this, you know, maybe he slips through the cracks, but I think he's just an Adonis. I mean, I'm just, I had to pull up his – I mean, 30, almost 36-inch arm, 6'6", 270. Um, you know, it's and, and another part that confuses me with this, Evan, is the way that they kind of play – Dietrich Wise on the edge on one side, hand down defensive end, and then they play Judon on the edge. You know, there's a lot of rotation there. So what that that adds another layer of it. So for him, you know, I think you can upgrade somebody like Dietrich Wise. I think that this guy could probably be, you know, maybe hand down, maybe he drops a little bit, but huge guy. And and that's like if you're talking about 14 overall, I think he's the player that would be in that range that you'd have to grab. Yeah, Mike and I are doing uh, dueling big boards, right? Our, our top 50 fits. And I didn't have Tyree Wilson on my big board, spoiler alert, because I didn't think he'd be there at 14. I didn't think it was a realistic. I always say, you, know, you got to look yourself in the mirror. And if that, you know, I'm not going to put Will Anderson on this list. Uh, and I, I kind of felt the same way with Tyree Wilson. But uh, to the point that we were just making, he is a power rusher. He is His power, when you watch him on film, is overwhelmingly dominant. But he's not he's stiff he's rigid he's not a bender he doesn't have great flexibility uh, I don't necessarily want to drop him off the edge either like into a, a low coverage or something like that so he's a prototypical uh, big long Almost like a Dietrich Wise, I I think he's like souped up Dietrich Wise would like probably a, be a, first a, round Dietrich Wise, right? A decent comp, uh, you know. I think there's a little bit of like George Karloftis to his game too, the way how powerful he is. But I, I think the the arm length really stands out, and and that's Dietrich Wise. But maybe the league isn't as high on a player like that because he doesn't have that prototypical 15 sack season built. He, he's a little bit different than that. Yeah, and Evan, you mentioned, uh, and actually Mike, you too, about the different shapes and sizes these guys come in. And Evan mentioned Nolan Smith as being one of the really smaller guys, sort of a little bit bigger than that, but kind of that athlete, the kid from Auburn, um, you know, Derek, Derek Hall, Hall is yep. a guy that I haven't watched a lot of tape of in this pre-draft process, but I do remember him a lot from watching Auburn games, and he was a guy that sort of needed to be accounted for. I don't, I'm just curious if you guys – Maybe maybe a first round talent. Now I don't know if he's a little later than that now. Yeah. Uh, just you, Evan, you I mean, Evan mentioned him. big boards. He's one of the guys that I that I put on, and I Me mean, too. I I don't know exactly where where he falls in that. Like I don't know day one. I was thinking him more of a day two guy. Um, but yeah, I think he he to me fits kind of like all the profile, the size profile, the captain profile. You know those kind of things. Um, athletic. He just seems more traditional to me. He seems like if we're talking about Patriots kind of guys, he seems to me like one of their guys he's got incredibly violent and explosive hands like you that guy sets an edge better than anybody else and I know we've heard it so many times with Bill just set the edge set the edge set the edge and how important that is you are not going to have a problem with the edge on Derek Hall's side well, it just, uh, it. you know yeah. so you don't think that this is just sort of like coach speak and stuff when we say these kinds of phrases um I I, I would just I would point to a guy like Dietrich Wise because I think most Patriots fans would look and say, wow, he had a really good year last year. I would agree. I think it was his best year by far. You know what he was best at last year? That was an improvement was that, what Evan's talking about. Yep. I thought he was a guy that you could run at early in his career, and you couldn't do that last year. I think that's probably the biggest growth in his game was being a little bit more well-rounded as a guy who could set the edge and 
and, and not be uh, victimized in that in that regard. I mean, you look yeah. at like a guy like Uche. I mean, that's not really not, not really his thing. You know, you just don't have. And that's why he's not on the yeah. field every down. Right? right. That's the biggest thing is I just looked it up. Uche was on the field for 38 percent of the snaps last year. So even though he had that big sack season, when you start to get into are they going to give him a second contract and what is the type of player that they would pick in the top 50 of a draft or, or even in the first round, you got to get more than 40 percent snap production out of a first round pick. That, that guy's got to be able to be on the field for all three downs uh, Derek Hall is a really fun player I, I liked him a lot on film and I liked watching him in, in games I, yeah not, he, like I said not as familiar now but he's a stiffer guy too though he's not he's not a Uche he's a power uh set the edge great hands like I said I mean there's like clips of him uh, at, like in pregame like doing his his exercises with his hand technique and you're just like no, you know Joe Kim would like him karate master <laughs> karate. He's a karate. They so were karate. Before, we, yeah. before we move on to the uh, the big uglies in, inside, um, any day two, three kind of guys that you guys – this is where Evan has to go to his yeah, Evan, Evan has yep. to – I know Evan has to carry me on, on this one because this is exactly the area where I just feel like there's going to be a guy – I mean, Colby Wooden is, is one name that I, I've highlighted. that I, But, again, I go back and forth on some of these guys um, that I, I just – I don't know exactly where the value is there. Is, is the value going to be – those lesser athletic guys who are stout because I think they need those. But at the same time, you see Uche is going to be a free agent and you need that kind of guy too. Yeah. I think the one guy in the first round we haven't mentioned yet is miles Murphy from Clemson. Yep. Two things though. They they don't draft from Clemson. That's one of those schools that they have a. a Why would you want to take? T- never mind. That, that's one of those things that they have a, a thing against. But and I also would say with Murphy, the one thing that I have a problem with, or I have trouble with evaluating him, is that he's he doesn't dominate on tape ever but he's just good at everything but he's not great at any one thing and those types of guys at 14 overall I just want somebody that I can turn on a film of him in college and be like wow that was a great game by so and so and I just can't really I don't have that game for Miles Murphy which I think is a little bit of a a pause when you're that early in the draft you want somebody that can take over and I I didn't necessarily see him do that but day two I think is really the the sweet spot for this edge class because there's just so many guys that I think are going to come off the board there um I'm not particularly high on Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame, but I think that he's a guy that's maybe like day two Miles Murphy, where he's not flashy, he's not going to take over games, but he's not going to be a liability out on the field either, and you're going to kind of be set uh, at his spot. I'm going to butcher his name, but uh, Uzama from Kansas State, Felix Uzama, I really like him as more of like a hybrid hand-in-the-dirt stand-up guy off the edge. Will McDonald has a lot of love from uh, the draft media. He's got some bend, and he's somebody that has that that repertoire, right? You know, you talk about a toolbox. Like, that guy's got got a whole toolbox of pass rush moves, which I think people uh, kind of – are cool with you know they they like that type of stuff on film and bj ojalari um from lsu and, and really ali gay from lsu too his teammate they're both they're both good uh day two guys as well so uh, those are some of them uh keon white I, I guess is probably the last one in that that grouping that tier uh, of guys and uh i, I think all of those guys like i said at the beginning are <laughs> do you like chocolate ice cream do you, you, know, do you like cookies and cream like which way do you want to yeah. go because we need yeah. ice cream and yeah. i'll mention you know uh, Ojolari, uh, just a brother playing for the Giants now, Aziz Ojolari. Yeah. So uh, some bloodlines there. And also one last guy, um, our old friend Andre Carter, uh, yeah. the second, yeah. who played at Army, 
just like his dad, really tall, really long. Not not can't, really, yeah. not can't say he's tall. Yeah, not the same. Oh, it's Andre not. Carter. It's no, not the same no, Andre no. Carter. No. We've had this argument. Uh, yes, I don't even remember Discussion. where okay. we got into. Oh, it. My bad. No, somebody brought but it up. We'll just ignore him because he's an that. average prospect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought is. it was his son. I really yeah. did. He's, it's not. He's, the, it's not his son. Really no, tall. No, it's not. Yeah. But Andre Carter is a same like very similar build. We talk a lot about guys that rise up the board post season, right? In terms of senior bowl combine risers. He's, He's gone the other way. Faller, he, yeah, like yeah. an anchor, yeah, like yeah, sunk yeah. to the bottom of the ocean. Because well, we don't need to spend any time with him. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I was only bringing him up because I thought it was Andre Carter's yeah. son. So, yeah, he had some like late you first me round something. buzz going into the draft process, and and now he's not even touching the third round. So uh, obviously, Jalen Carter uh, leads us off uh, on the inside, and there's some controversy with where he's going to end up going. A lot of people felt like he was the number one overall know, pick, right? Uh, you know, really no questions asked. With that caliber of a player, obviously Carolina didn't trade up to draft a defensive tackle. Uh, you know, <laughs> so we, we know they're going to take a quarterback. But um, he could now go anywhere really in that top half of the first round. I know. Who it's, knows? It's crazy because he's really good. I mean, it's just it's hard. Not. I mean, he's just one of those players where like, yep, that's that's easy. Throw him in, and he'll be he'll be awesome. But I had some some legal issues. Uh, we'll see. I guess how that all plays I, I'm out. I'm curious to get Paul's perspective on it because to me those types of guys paul are off the board for the patriots like i i just i don't think that guys that are get get mixed up in that type of stuff two two things i think you're as a rule i think you're right i agree with you i do think there are exceptions with first of all if, if it has anything to do with violence against women forget it they're not taking them you know like and this came up this is probably not germane to the the defensive lineman podcast here, but uh, you know Kareem Hunt is still available, and you know the Patriots signed James Robinson. You're like, whoa, could have had Kareem Hunt for probably the same. Yeah. They're not. I, I don't think they're going to go there with a guy who has that in his in his history. Um, so this is not necessarily. It's not related at all to domestic battery or anything like that. But you could make an argument that DUI is sort of. On the periphery, and you know wh- whether or not it's reckless driving, reckless yeah. driving, dragging. You know, it's, a, it's a obviously a serious, yeah, serious enough that it's it's causing teams to take a step back. So the talent is obvious. We'll have to see where he ends up landing. Yeah, but I would agree with Evans' overall assessment. A lot of those guys, especially in the first round, I think you want your first rounders to be pretty clean. Yeah, character wise. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think for me too. I mean, we talk a little bit about just fit in within the Patriots scheme, and I, I do like these this defensive tackle class. I feel like there's some good nose tackles, like you know, day two, day three, like not day two, day three guys. You know, you could take to, to compete with with Carl Davis, but you know, Kalaja Kansi, like watching him, I'm like, would they ever take a, you know a six foot one, two hundred and eighty pound, just absolute wrecking ball that gets into the backfield? It doesn't really seem like them, but at the same time, it's like you need something to change to get the defense over the hump. And I, and I just, I can't, he's the kind of guy I can't really ignore. And it would probably be really off the beaten path for them with a guy like that, but you can make it a case for it. I, I, I'm torn on Cansey because on the one hand, I think that the smart thing is to not be like, Oh, he's just Aaron Donald. Right. Yeah. Right. Because, Oh, he went to Pittsburgh and he's got this similar skill set. And the reason why Aaron Donald slipped out of the top 10 in his draft was not because of film. He had some of the best film in the draft. It was because of his size. And it just happened that he was able to overcome it and it worked out. What's the chances that Cansey's the opposite, right? And, oh, and I, I think that that's a little bit of a risk there. I, I also just can't see them 
that to me is a guy that Bill would only play 30 to 40% of the snaps like Josh Uche. Like you're only playing on passing downs. Like easily, right? I mean, kind of like that player, it's just it's a get up field. He gets off the ball and he gets into the backfield quick. He certainly has some moments, though, where you, you, if you close your eyes, you'd be like, oh, that's Aaron Donald, right? Like, you know, (laughs) he has those moments. There's no doubt about it. So do I have to just ignore the Clemson guy, too, because we don't draft Clemson? (laughs) Bruzzy? Yeah. I like him. He's a he's exact. Him and Miles Murphy are like the same thing, but they just play a little bit different positions. Uh, Brozzi's does is got a little bit more streaks of dominance on film, but it's not a much much more. And he's got some injury history too, which is a concern. I so, saw I saw guys just real quick. I no, saw some ahead. like high school film of him playing. I don't know if you guys caught that online, yeah. but it was absolutely God, no. ridiculous. I just somebody tweeted it out, but it was him just like it was like assault going on in the field, like him just grabbing people and <laughs> throwing them assault, down. Brother. It was it was crazy. <laughs> So give me, uh, again, uh, we like to, uh, I like to wrap up all of these with some of the lower-round prospects and I think defensive tackle. The, the Patriots are always going to take linemen. They have 11 picks. They're going to take linemen on both sides yeah. of the ball. So give me some, some candidates for I can, uh, for I can tee, tee a few up. Um, Keandre Coburn from Texas was one I took in my latest mock that you know just fits that kind of interior Role. He was a Shrine Bowl guy. Yeah, so there's another part. I Not mean, other Shrine Bowl team, but him and uh, Ojomo, both Texas guys were at the Shrine Bowl, and they were two of the best players on the field. But that's, you know, and again, tie it to, like, Lawrence Guy, Devon Godshaw, 30 years old, getting toward the right. end. You need these former kind of defensive end big bodies to play inside. I, I think somebody like him, and, and I got to throw in local kid, uh, Gerard Clark, that I talked to uh, at the Combine. Just, again, another you know big wingspan, big body, interior space eater kind of type that, that they like. So yeah. and then when you when you're talking about those those kinds of guys, you know, it, it sounds strange, but throw Barmore in there. You know, Barmore's yep. now going to be in his third year. It's crazy. So if he can put it together, all all of a sudden, this time next year, you're like, well, you know, he's a pending free agent. So right. it is an area that you have to look at some depth. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Just to think that you're already in year three for Christian Barmore, but a couple of guys that maybe more in the top 100, but I think are kind of in the in that day two early day three range for the Patriots. Uh, one of my favorite prospects in this draft is uh, Adewama Adeboare from North <laughs> Northwestern. Good job. Who um, killed the combine, uh, has has moments where you're just freakish kind of lateral agility and get off on the football. Uh, more of an interior rusher. I compared him to Ed Oliver uh, on the big board. He's like 280, uh, 6'1", 280. So he's kind of um, the – the Cansey, you know, is getting all the buzz, but Adebore is, is somebody that I think is going to get a little bit more as we get closer here. Uh, but the classic Patriots guy, and I was it Sabin who revealed that Bill goes to the combine to scout Scott the booties, <laughs> Scott the butts, who's got the big butt, who's got the can I say the the, the, the a word on here? Don't I don't want to be don't say butts. I, I don't want to be Alex and swear on, on the radio. No, but, that was that was very poor to me. <laughs> uh, Mozzie Smith from Michigan, that guy has a. a a big old keister and he is a very difficult human being uh to move off the line of scrimmage uh i think that the a decent comp is like a devon godshaw type player uh, somebody that probably is best as a shade but could play straight up on the nose as well um but if you just need somebody that's going to eat blocks it's going to take on a double team and then occasionally is maybe going to sh- show some press and shed technique of, of his own i think mozzie smith is that type of prototypical two gap nose tackle type players and then there's two guys uh, that i think are interesting more in that barmore type of mold who have some size but have some real explosiveness in uh, keanu benton from wisconsin and a uh, 
Gervon Dexter um, from Florida that I think are two guys that are going to probably be uh, third or fourth round picks. Uh, Benton has some really freakish moments of game wrecking uh, ability to rush the passer and just get off blocks and move laterally. And Dexter is one of those guys that uh, has a little bit of inconsistency to his game, but when he's when he's on and you turn on that film and it's like, who's the first guy off the ball? Like, who's the guy that's getting in the neutral zone the fastest? Uh, Gervon Dexter certainly has that. And then lastly, uh, Siaka Aika yeah. from Baylor. Um, Danny Shelton. Yeah, probably the best of the nose tackle kind of group. Let's- yeah, he's he's like 340 pounds. Like, he, that is a typical, typical nose tackle. Like, there's he's not going to play in passing situations. He can play on first and 10, goal line short yardage, that sort of thing, and good luck moving that dude. That that guy is a, a freaking tank in the middle. So uh, those are some of the, the big boys. But I really like the the guys like Benton and Dexter. If, if, you know, talking about Paul just bringing up Christian Barmore's rookie deal and everything like that. If you're looking for that next Barmore, I think those two guys probably fit that prototype the best because Barmore's 310. You know he's he's oh, a yeah. bi- he's yeah. a bigger guy, so he's not like these Cansies, you know, or the Edibuares who are these finesse pass rushers. Yeah, and I like Mike. You know, some of the smaller guys. Mike bringing up Dominique Easley, so you can't rule any of these guys out. They've taken the big three hundred plus pound guys, and they've taken some of the smaller two hundred and eighty pound guys too. That they have an eye toward the penetration and that interior pass rush. You know, think back. You know, put it in the way back machine to a guy like Jarvis Green. Yeah. He wasn't. The biggest guy in the world, but filled a role, played a part-time, you know, uh, in terms of percentages, you know, snap percentage, but really productive in that kind of role. They kind of been searching for guys like that uh, since. Now, ideally, you get a guy like Barmore who's got the size to hold up and the athleticism to to pressure the pocket too. So that's that's when you really yeah. get something. Yeah, the, there's a lot of the Jarvis Greens, but the the like Ty Warrens. Th- those guys don't really come up anymore because those guys are now playing on the nose. Like they don't play them as three, four ends anymore in the college game. So it's becoming one of those running back spots. Yeah. <laughs> we can get one in the sixth round yeah. to take yeah. up space. Right. Yeah. But I like that Mike mentioned the Texas guys. Uh, Dante still from West Virginia is another guy that had a really good, um, week at the Shrine Bowl that maybe they, they'd be interested in later on in the draft. There's a couple of those guys uh, like Habaka Boldonado, who's from uh, Rome, Italy. And so he hasn't been playing football for very long, but he had a really, really good year last year at Pitt and is somebody that I think could uh, get even better uh, as a pro. Uh, he's got the athletic, athletic ability. It's like a UFC fighter like early on that was sort of the track that he wanted to take and uh he's got some of that uh ability but he's just raw and needs to play more american football uh so maybe he gets there eventually I, you said late day three guys and i named a bunch of top 100 people so. <laughs> no that's that's fine that's that, that's what they come to these podcasts for they want to hear about some of these names and try to figure out some of the skill sets that go uh, along with the names and and uh mike and evan certainly gave you a lot to choose from. We're working our way through, guys. I think we only have a couple of positions left um, as we wind our way. As we record yeah. this, I think we're the big ones. The running backs, just about <laughs> just about two weeks uh, away. I hate it <laughs> from the draft. So we we are not done. We are done with the defensive linemen for today, but we are not done. We'll have more uh, on our draft podcast reviews. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. 
Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.